Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at trylifemd.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to trylifemd.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Football Rambles Guide 2. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Vidushan Hunter-Raja. Oh, you are a disgrace for missing the target from there, you want bloody shooting! The man we're going to talk about today is one of the highest ever scorers in the Football League. Scoring 251 goals in 274 appearances for Middlesbrough and Sunderland. And yet that's barely even part of the story. That's because Brian Clough may have been a great player, but his achievements as a manager were so extraordinary that they're still difficult to quantify. Robertson, the first time we've seen them attack them, and there's Francis! Well, that's what I wanted to see Robertson do! Those achievements were many. He made history at Derby County. It was an unforgettable feeling. And certainly made an impact at Leeds United. I wanted to do something you hadn't done. I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. But getting Nottingham Forest promoted in 1977... Well ...leading them to the title in 1978... United in their own backyard. ...and then the European Cup in 1979 and 1980... ...getting a shot in, and a goal! Robertson! ...is surely one of the greatest managerial achievements, not just in history, but that can even be possible. I'm a football league manager by trade. I do it well, I do it good. He won 12 trophies in his time at Forest, turning them into a force, and he did so, exhibiting a charisma, wit and charm that made him utterly unique. We're getting down to it, and then we talk about it for 20 minutes, and then we decide I was right. 
He was a complicated character, as evidenced by a spectacular joint TV interview with hated rival Don Revy in the wake of his sacking by Leeds, his relationship and subsequent falling out with friend and right-hand man Peter Taylor, and the many, many stories we're about to explore. A grand club, some soccer player or something. Now, club, I've had enough. Stop it. A true one-off. A man England were almost certainly too scared to make their manager. This is the Football Rambles guide to old Big Ed himself, Brian Clough. Shut up and show more football. Now, if that's not in a nutshell, I don't know what is. Brian bloody Clough, gentlemen. I think people say he's, he's one of the great characters of English football, no doubt, but I think that if you were to, if you needed to crown somebody that, which nobody needs, but I'm going to do it anyway. I think he is the great character. And I think he would say that. English film. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I, very much, I very much got his backing on that, I'm sure, uh, if he was still alive. But yeah, I mean, just, it's, it's absolute box office stuff. It, it, very complicated, as we, we, as we said in the intro as well. But I mean, what leaps to mind, Vish, when, when you hear the name Brian Clough? Um, I think of the fact that if you, or rather when you grow up as a football fan in this country, he's someone you learn about. He's almost a, a tenant of English football, yeah. isn't he? Like, it's like he, a historical figure. Yeah, but but more so in terms of like, he he kind of embodies a lot of the, the whims of the English game. Mm. And I think he, in part because of, if you look at it at the moment in the way that Nottingham Forest are in the Premier League, mm. if you look at the managers who he influenced, some of the players and pundits that he he influenced as well. You know, I think of someone who did great things for my club, Manchester United, and Roy Keane, heavily influenced by by Brian Clough. A lot of why Keane is who he is, and not just on the football pitch, is related to Brian Clough. Um, and he's someone that even if you don't have that affiliation to any of the clubs he managed, um, or even were around while he was a manager, he's someone you just learn about by osmosis, you kind of you don't necessarily sit down and get a lesson in Brian Clough. Mm. You're told all these different anecdotes yeah. here and there, and a lot of the times the character you piece together might not be the full character, but is a, is pretty much the character that everyone else has in their head yeah. Yeah. of this almost mythical figure in in English football who who stood astride it and and did brilliant things within the game. He's mm. just he is part of that culture, isn't he? And you, you pick up the sort of patchwork of that, just as you say, by osmosis. For me, the thing, the first thing I think of actually. It's how un-English he is. Like this, there's a huge culture. <laughs> I've never of, heard that of before, being, yeah. um, you know, reserved and and you know, talking about fair play and things mm. like that. He wasn't afraid to put everyone's noses out of joint. He mm. wasn't afraid to to boast and to not be humble. Mm. He wasn't afraid to do things in his own way, mm-hmm. whether that was you know the sort of thing that might be respected by the establishment or seen as respectful at all. He was yeah. just very loudly himself <laughs> in a way where you knew he was kind of ahead of the game a lot of the time as well. Mm. Um, obviously, you think of the European Cup tri- triumphs mm. and it's, I mean, he won 12 trophies at Nottingham Forest as well. It's, 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 I think sometimes it's maybe viewed as um, not a one-off, but a two-off. They say, oh, this incredible achievement that Nottingham Forest managed to win the European Cup and then retain it. That's amazing. But that isn't the full story. No, of course They were not. a really dominant force in English football for a little while. And, it and, they, only... and he got them promoted as well. And one shouldn't forget his time at Derby County, of course. Um, you know, he won the first division there, um, which is almost like a Claudio Ranieri at Leicester. 
kind of stuff. Well, you know, but well, more so because in both of those scenarios, he got the clubs promoted in the first I mean, place. I, I know you... it's a bit different back then. But yeah, still. it's hard to compare. Of course, the financial disparities weren't there like they are now, and very, very different footballing landscape. But you know. You, you, you can nod to this, of course, and, and I think that's fair. I mean, of course, the, the two consecutive European Cup triumphs is, is the, the, the highlights of, of, of his career. Um, but again, you can't underestimate what he did at Derby County. I mean, he, he might have even won uh, the European Cup with Derby had it not have been for some, as Brian uh, Clough himself might not have put it this diplomatically, some poor officiating <laughs> uh, in the, uh, I think it was, was it the semi-final against Juventus, you know? <laughs> Funnily enough, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're Ventus, eh? But you're right; not afraid to speak his mind. And it's so funny you say that, Jim, about him being very un-English. I'd never thought of it like that. But you're right; he was, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but you know, there was an element of the circus act yeah. with him. The, the TV companies loved him. You book him on because you knew he was going to say speak his mind and I mean that was a, very knowing though wasn't it of course it was but the fact is no one else was doing it but but also he he was doing it in quite a profound way at yeah. the time um, so do you remember there was that uh, BBC segment on that um, gives his interview in 1973 or rather he's on this talk show in 1973 mm. and he gets a message from Muhammad Ali yes who tells him that um, I'm the I'm the one who's known as the shit talker in in, you know the best shit talker in the world. Mm. I'm I'm the one who gives as good as he gets. Yeah. You need to settle down. I've been told about this Brian Clough figure. I don't know if he's a player. I don't know if he's a that's manager. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But he, you know, who, who is this Brian Clough? Brian Clough, you need to check yourself, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the modern day, where you get all kinds of sporting crossover because mm. if someone can go on Instagram and yep. beat up yeah. someone else, LeBron James can wear a Liverpool shirt, this that, sure. and the other. The effort. To not only get that message from Muhammad Ali, <laughs> but for Muhammad Ali to know who Brian Clough yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's, someone's told him. Despite having no interest in football at the time, just the difficulty on, yeah. on having your voice and personality go across continents yeah. is remarkable. And that is the measure of the cut through that he had, really. Mm. So, yes, he was, you know, someone who would say things for the sake of it. But a lot of the stuff he said at the time, and, and even stuff we look back on in more favourable light, was actually quite profound. Yeah. I mean, he was never afraid to speak his mind, of course. Uh, when he fell out with Hartlepool chairman Ernie Ord in uh, what was his first job in management, and he'd only just turned 30, of course, because um, he retired at 29 uh, through injury. But uh, he said of, of the Hartlepool chairman, he was a little bastard. <laughs> he sacked me twice. I'm prone on occasion to lapse into Anglo-Saxon language, so I said, you can fuck off. You are sacked. He said, <laughs> I own this club. I said, do you? I ain't going anywhere. Only the police can move me. They can have me for trespassing. Six weeks later, he sacked me again. So I told him to fuck off again. Now, that's <laughs> astonishing, right? If you if, imagine being in a situation where you are sacked from your job by your employer and you go, no, you're sacked. And that works. <laughs> <laughs> the charisma you uh, have to have. Yeah. To, mm. to, to not even consider that it might work but yeah. actually to pull that off yeah, written, written, for six weeks is astonishing written down it doesn't do it justice absolutely uh, not it's, 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 it's incredible it's the only place you, it's, it's the highest stakes move you can yeah. play it's the only way you, only place left you've got to go and he actually pulls it off <laughs> and, and we wonder why the FA never hired him as England manager <laughs> I remember actually once when uh, years on from that they said you know how come you never got the England job and he said they were worried I would have changed it all lock stock and, and the, the, the job lot from, from top to bottom and they were right. I yeah. would have done. Sort of thing, you know. <laughs> uh, the greatest manager England never had, of course, is, is what they say. But it is interesting, as as we said in the um, in the intro. You know what a player he was. Yeah, 
I think it was often overlooked and understandably so, but 251 league goals and 274 league matches, incredible. Um, although, I mean, he did he did often clash with his teammates and regularly submitted transfer requests. So still the same character, <laughs> yeah. uh, we should say. He's always been that guy. Forced to retire, as I said, um, when he was 29 uh, through injury. But yeah, like what a fierce competitor. And also when you've, you've achieved that much in the game, certainly with him, his demands were, were huge. It's a bit like with, with the aforementioned Roy Keane. I think often you hear it in his punditry. If you are not of that standard of player and performer and mentality of Keane, he can't stand it. Yeah. Because Keane was a, was a very, very, very talented special player. One of the finest we've seen in, in the Premier League's era. Um, and, and, and clearly as a manager, he couldn't quite elevate others and he couldn't quite couldn't quite get them. He couldn't get that tune out of them, which Clough did. That's the most surprising thing about looking at the move from Clough the player to the manager because it doesn't strike you that he has any real empathy when people talk about his playing days. And also, this is... this For is a young manager. Yeah, exactly. well, also that as well. Yeah. But, but the, I mean, maybe this is just me overthinking elements of it given what we know of the modern game right now. Very unique for a striker to become a good manager. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of managers are midfielders. You know, you look at you look at uh, the two currently at the top of the Premier League in Mikel Arteta and mm-hmm. um, Guardiola, like two quite cerebral midfielders. And I think it generally generally carries through that that seems to be the case. Whether it is their view of the game or the way they've had to think about the game as a player, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if it was something that Clough was hiding, if it was something that. He never really accessed until he had to make the choice because he had to retire so young because of injury that he was like, right, what am I going to do now? And taking those learnings and actually having a bit of an awakening within him. But it's interesting Mm. when you you read about that. Well, it is. And I think one thing about Clough is an incredibly deep thinker. I think everyone thinks, you know, he just sort of shoots from the hip, which he did. And and it, it you know maybe not much thought when he just sort of spouts off. I'm not sure. I wonder how true that is though. What's that? That it, that he was sort of spouting off completely off the top of his head. I yeah, think I, like, I, yeah, you know, I agree with you there. I think there's a, a parallel with Jose Mourinho, which we'll, we will, I'm sure we'll make a few times in the course of this show, mm. um, where that stuff is very very considered. Yes, and he wanted to get a certain image of himself across mm-hmm. that created fear in the opposition. Essentially, this yeah. idea that he's kind of no nonsense mm-hmm. and that he, um, you never know what he's going to do next. The impression you get from hearing people that knew him talk about him is very different yeah. you get the impression that he he had a real understanding of people and that he knew how to get the best out of people mm-hmm. and he knew when to be tough and he knew when, when to sort of perhaps be a little bit more understanding and basically tailoring his approach to each player as as they needed it to mm-hmm. get the best out of them and that doesn't seem to ring true of the, the cloth that you see in interviews is it? Where he's mm. just saying all these really funny things that can be quite sort of abrupt and quite harsh or very unhelpful yeah. things well indeed and I think that's that's part of that reveals his intelligence right that clearly mm. there was a side of him that you that you didn't see I should mention of course Peter Taylor being very very crucial in um, so much of the footballing side of this I mean Clough wasn't really like today's elite coaches you know he once said um, players lose your games not tactics yeah. but again even when he says that 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 is diminishing his role and he knew I don't know it's like if you listen to me you win and you've messed up today well okay okay Uh, he he sacked two dinner ladies at Derby County (laughs) for laughing 
uh, after a defeat because you saw them laughing after yeah, I mean, a defeat. He was, so. he was pretty ruthless. Um, he, he, some of his... his second dinner lady. How's that face in his remix? Yeah. I know. Take well, your hand off <laughs> and hand it over. Imagine that. Right. I'm going to do the cooking today. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> that. Eric Ten Hag walks into the canteen. <laughs> like, you're Doris. Sorry, you're out. Mm. What? He wouldn't need a hairnet. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have to wear it. He's <laughs> so yeah. the the um the, the the interesting thing about that is I think um if you look at a lot of um Clough's comments about the media, mm. you'd be of a mind to think he thought it was an utter waste of time, despite mm. the fact he was regularly a pundit. Indeed, uh, you would you would see it as um he saw it as a massive inconvenience, even though some of his best lines came from when he was apparently not really asked. Yeah. Um. But also, like he was one of the first to get that players listen to all that. Mm. Yeah. He has two cracks today. He can say what he wants to say to them in the dressing room, and he can say mm-hmm. what he wants to say to them in front of everyone else. Mm. And I thought he used that very well. And um, also the opportunity to create a myth about himself in the eyes of the opposition. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and and it, I mean, with with Clough, you know, sometimes his tactics were, were quite basic to certain individuals. And we've heard years later people like Harry Redknapp use that. And I think back then where, it, certainly in English football, tactics were a bit more basic. Obviously the evolution of tactics is, is, is quite clear. But the fact is he had success in Europe, it's... You know, he he obviously he obviously gave a shit about tactics. Yeah, he of course, knew he, of the course value he did. That. But, but saying basic things, you know, like like say like Redknapp would in the, you know to his fullback at Pompey, um, he would say things like you know right. I think it was Limvoy Primer said when he was playing right back at the time. He's like right, your job today is win every header and make sure the the winger doesn't cross the ball. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Do those two things, and Clough could be very, very simple with his tactics. But it's worth saying that his teams were known for playing really, really sort of exciting. Well, absolutely. Football. I was about to say, you know, that that's the thing. You know, with with someone like Mourinho, who's obviously very tactical himself and takes a different approach, and we've we've likened him to that. But that's more in the media. With Clough, they played great football, and he he hated. Don Revy, of course, and Leeds United, because yeah. they, they were seen as, as dirty Leeds. They were the big brutes and so on. Well, he it was, was the establishment. You know, he was a boring square, yes, wasn't he, Don Revy, to, to Clough? Indeed. But everything, it, he wasn't himself. Indeed, but it was also the fact that when Leeds came to Forest once, and this has been documented in the film, The Damned United, and, and, and one or two other areas, and it's a bit difficult sometimes to sort of take away the sort of the myth and the, you know, what's been exaggerated and what's, what's actually happened. Um, but but certainly there was a suggestion that uh, when when um, Leeds played uh, Derby, uh, they came to town and Clough thought right well we'll you know we'll have a chat after the game maybe you know share a glass of, of something or whatever and and Revy they just weren't bothered and they just kind of left and he felt that they were like the big bullies who just pff, yeah whatever they were too good for yeah him. exactly and and Clough it's fair to say would be a man who would hold a grudge. Uh, you know, incredibly. But we, we very brief mention of Peter Taylor earlier. We've got to bring him in because um, when Clough started out at Hartlepool, um, the, you know, his former uh, uh, Middlesbrough teammate, Peter Taylor, was his assistant. And what a double act they were over the years. You know, obviously it, it ended very sadly with regards to their friendship. But in terms of the football and in terms of what they did at Derby and, and Forest, you know, it was... It was sensational. Yeah. Such a great double act. And also, there was a, a lot to it as well. Mm. So there was a point where um, Brian Clough wanted to sign Kenny Burns, uh, but he had a reputation as a big drinker. Um, so Peter Taylor secretly followed him around, <laughs> came to the conclusion that that reputation was a little bit exaggerated. They signed him. Clough moved him from being a striker to a centre-back, and he then won player of the year. <laughs> I mean, that is, that's phenomenal. I, I know, yeah. 
That's quite the only. Keeps S. going that sentence, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> you think it's hit the maddest bit, and uh, it keeps going. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were very, very thorough. They, you know, they, if, if you watch the um, the documentary on is it BT Sport documentary, I believe in miracles. You know, some of the the stuff that's said. You know, with regards to each player. I mean, there was there was um, Forrest. I, I forget which player it was. Forgive me. You know, when when they signed him, and he turns up, and he's a bit flash. I think may have been from London. He's like, oh, you know, good little club you've got here, and all this kind of stuff. And he's just a bit like, oh, really? You know, and thinks, right, okay, we will take all that pomp and we will mould it. And and that's what Clough was so good at is moulding a player. And 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 you know, Taylor was great at identifying them, of course. Um, you know, John McGovern said that if Clough wasn't a coach, he'd be a psychologist. Yeah. Because well, clearly he knew how to build people up. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and 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 my good. I mean, again on that on that documentary about um, uh, about Clough and John McGovern was such a crucial player for Clough over the years, and he himself w- would admit, you know, that a, a fine player he was, of course, you know, but but um, but never got a Scotland cap, uh, you know, for, for whatever reason, but. You know, with 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 Clough, he was he was big for him at Derby County and, and big for him at Nottingham Forest. And he said, you know, when when Clough went to Nottingham Forest, it's 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 not a case of if, it's a case of when the trophies come. But he also said, Clough, the type of guy, and a lot of them said this, not a guy I would go for a drink with or particularly relish, but my goodness, I'd walk across a desert for him. Yeah. And that's the thing about the psychology of of Brian Clough, how he would. Every individual he saw them as an individual may would would far more often use the stick than the carrot. In fact, nearly always. Um, but they said, you know, when Brian Clough looked over and he just gave you that thumbs up, you you would feel seven feet tall. That's one of the, I don't know. We'll we'll go into talk about this um, further on in this episode. But I think that's one of the things that I found quite sad mm. uh, because a lot of people, including Clough himself, with his relationship with Peter Taylor, yeah. Um, a lot of people regarded him as something of a, quite a stern father figure. Yeah. They understood all the things he did. Yep. They appreciated all the things he mm-hmm. did. But they left him, mm-hmm. when they did leave his side, essentially, or, or his care, there was yep. an element of relief there. There's an element of relief. And also, with with Clough sometimes, he would feel that they were unloyal if they left. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, it is and a it would great drive shame. a wedge in between every totally. relationship he had, basically. And obviously, right. there's a cumulative effect of that after a while. You've got a lot of bitterness that builds and Indeed, a lot yeah. of these grudges. And Yeah, absolutely right. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of his you know, players, they, they do testify to this, don't they? And, yeah, I mean, talking about more stick than carrot, I mean, a lot of his players talk about um, the, the cloughs, you know, that aura that he had around himself. Roy Keane um, played uh, at the end of um, at the end of Clough's time at Forest, and obviously it was the start of Keane's kind of career in England, really. Uh, and Clough once punched Roy Keane in the face after a game, um, and, and and Roy Keane said he was upset. He was uh, it was in the heat of the moment, and he punched me. I remember thinking, I still think you're a brilliant manager. What sort of? And, and we know the standards Roy Keane has. Yeah. What sort of quality of individual do you have to be mm. to to punch Roy Keane and him think, yeah, I still think you're really good at what you do. Afterwards. Well, that's the thing. It's probably only Clough. But that's the thing. Maybe Ferguson could have chinned him at points. Uh, but he, but he had that aura. And of course, like when when you kind of come out of that, or you, or, or after a certain amount of time, you're thinking, I, I just don't need this kind of thing. I mean, there wasn't many stories that we know of, if any more, of him punching players. Perhaps it happened. Perhaps it didn't. No, there, there is one is that there? I'd like to bring to the table, please. Um, so, <laughs> is it Kevin Keegan? He just popped his head. In a, Cheers, Brian. Thanks for the game. Oh! 
So uh, doesn't even know why he did it. <laughs> Steve Bruce was here we go. Was was at a football function. Um, uh-huh. This was like during the early nineties, and he went to the toilet and he was stood at a urinal, and he hears a door open behind him, and then suddenly there's a thud on the on his back, basically, which pushes him into the urinal. Oh, and that's a cheap shot. That's poor. He's he's Brian Clough, and he says, "Young man, that's for kicking my Nigel as many times as you did. Now carry on." <laughs> I mean, which is common like, assault, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great example of like his respect yeah. carried over generations. Mm. So, you know, if you're if you're standing with your dick in a hand at your urinal and get clouted by him, you probably deserved it. Or if you didn't, oh, it happens. He does that, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I there's like that, a level of acceptance there. Well, I think that's it. When we talk about the myth that he created around himself and so on, it does mean that there's an element of, or more than an element of, he can just walk around and do what he wants because people are oh, what is yeah. Brian. And I think as well, you know, Ferguson said this when he was manager of Manchester United. He said, you know, sometimes when you are shouting in the face of, say, a Peter Schmeichel, I mean, Schmeichel's much bigger than him. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? He's like, <laughs> you, you, you suddenly realise what you're doing and who you're talking to, but you have to be so convincing. You have to be authoritative. You have to make them realise that you are in charge and you're the teacher and they're the pupil because then no one's ever going to thump you. <laughs> and Clough was was sort of the, the epitome of that. But, I mean, he didn't seem to have any respect for authority. He thought he should have been the chairman of clubs and all the rest of yeah. it. I mean, going back to his time at Derby, for crying out loud, I mean, great success. There's a state they won the first division in 71. But, you know... It seemed like the chairman and the board were a complete inconvenience for yeah. him. Uh, and, you know, he resigned uh, two days after flicking the V sign at the chairman <laughs> at the end of a game from the touchline. I mean, you know, and of course, event the, the, the chairman accepted his re- letter of re- resignation and, and he called Clough's bluff. Yeah. I mean, Clough would say, well, they've never had it so good at Derby and, you know, what did they ever go on to do after and all this kind of stuff, which is not quite true. It's, it's, a, it's a fine club with, with great history and tradition. But... You know, and then of course, in 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 the spirit of trying to mug people off, he takes the Leeds United job, which was vacant after Sir Don Revy left. It lasted forty four days, of course. We we, we yeah. know this, and and that famous line, um, you know, Brian, we're hiring you because you're the best young manager in the country. You know, thank you, I'm the best old one too, which doesn't quite quite make sense. No. Um, but it, well, again, I don't know, but it's a dig at Revy, isn't it? That's well, yeah, it's, that's probably what that because it, it gets of all the heart of what there's a lot of lines that. Like people wheel out from Brian Clough. Mm. Uh, there's like Rome wasn't built in a day, but I wasn't on that particular yep. job. There's a lot of them. Don't argue with idiots. They'll bring you down to their level and then beat you with experience. Loads <laughs> of them. Brilliant, brilliant lines. But that one, I'm the best old one mm. too. It feels quite clunky and out of place in that pantheon. Yeah. But I think that's probably why, isn't it? Because it's it's Possibly. a little dig at Don Revy. Well, and also it was probably off the cuff. I mean, when you said everything yeah. was considered, he was obviously quite witty. I mean, that time when Stuart Pearce, you know, got a concussion when playing for Nottingham Forest. And someone says, you know, how is it? And so apparently someone says, you know, he doesn't know who he is. We'll put him up front and tell him he's Pele, you know. I mean, again, like, what, if someone turned around and went, oh, actually, that didn't happen. It's, but the fact is, it's believable. Uh, absolutely. You know? on, the, on that subject, um, the, um, again, jumping ahead here, but um, I don't know if this story is true. Mm but it is very believable. You're going to bring it to the table. I am, yeah. So He once, um, he once drove a Rolls Royce into a swimming pool. <laughs> well, you, you'll understand why I'm bringing it up for other uh-huh. reasons here. But um, Sir Alex Ferguson tried to sign um, Stuart Pearce once and he right. went to the city ground to meet uh, Brian Clough to kind of talk it through. Mm. Um, and Brian Clough 
having heard that Ferguson was in the building, drew the curtains in his office, put his feet up, and then instructed the secretary to tell to Alex Ferguson that he was busy watching the cricket. <laughs> <laughs> and that is believable. And like, so... And, at no point do I think Ferguson would have taken the secretary's yeah. word of face value and would have probably knocked on the door. But yeah. I do imagine that him with his feet up yeah. watching, you know, England getting spanked by yeah. someone in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, curtain up. But, but I think that's it. You know, it's very much I'm in charge. If he if we if 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 he sold, it's because I want to sell him. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that is the, the complete drive for control. You know, when he's on television, it's I'm in charge. But of course, that famous interview. Where he's on the show with Don Revy yeah, uh, on Yorkshire Television, one. it is it is a rare moment where Clough is vulnerable, yeah, and it's depicted like that in in um, the, the Damned United and yes. stuff. That he's a bit like, well, you know, go easy on me to the to the interview, and he didn't know that Revy was going to be on the show. Is what it's it is yeah. suggested, and it's just after he's been fired by Lee. Yes, so as you say, it's probably the most vulnerable point in his career, which is why it's such a sort of interesting document of his personality yeah. and his career, because we don't know he's going to go and do all these amazing things with mm. Nottingham Forest, and and. Um, obviously he's had a lot of success at Derby but it's at this point where it's like oh is this it for Clough well, it seems a while ago when he, with that Derby it's uh, like he's, it's like they've tricked him into going into the headmaster's office yeah. and actually he's quite humble yeah. because he's talking because Don Revy boring man that he, he comes across as being he's, he's talking about how he's taken umbrage at, at Clough saying at Leeds that he wanted to go and do what Revy had done and done it better and he's like well we did this we did that but Clough goes well what, what else was open to me Don what else could I do <laughs> I love it. Yeah. he's already done everything he was like of course I tried to do it better than you and there's one moment where you say he's humble and, and he is yeah. for a brief bit it's a rare example but he, so he leans over to Rev and he's going look come on right You'd admit, though, that uh, whatever it is, the options weren't over to blah, 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 blah. And Revy goes, okay. And he goes, right, good lad. Right. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, there you go, he's back in the game kind of the thing. The England manager at the time, he's right, clearly a lot older than him. But I mean, well. he, his time at Leeds was doomed because, you know, when he first yeah. met the players, he says, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you can throw all your trophies that you won under Revy in the bin because you didn't win them fairly. <laughs> you know, I mean, just, you know, his approach didn't always work quite quite. Graham, Potter, like, Graham Potter should have done that at Chelsea. <laughs> Looking back on it, though, it's almost like he hated Leeds so much he wanted yeah. to go down and like bring it down from the inside. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. 
Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Right, everybody, before we get back to more Brian Clough chat, it's now time for a bonus edition of Betfair's popular Bet Builder. Select from the most popular pre-made football bet builders using Betfair's handy app, and you can add them to your bet slip in just one tap. Manchester City take on RB Leipzig tonight, so we're going to have another crack at winning some money for a good cause. Jim, take it away. I'm going to go for Erling Haaland to have three or more shots on target. Obviously, mm. he's very familiar with, with German opposition. Mm. And, um, and, the, and the Erling goal. Haaland. And the goal, yeah. Mm. Need I say more? Vish. I'm going to go for Leipzig centre-back Mohamed Simikan to be shown a card at any time. Uh, he's on his way back from injury. There's an element of like, chasing the game here. And if Haaland's going to be as active as Jim thinks he is, then um, I think he's right for a bit of a dig, a bit of a, a, bit of a caution. <laughs> he's got a card in him. He has. He does, yeah. Um, Andy Brassel has uh, this to say. Hello all, Andy here. Beware of RB Leipzig. Uh, they're in decent nick at the moment. No other team in the Bundesliga has taken more points since Marco Rosa has become coach. Remember, they scored three times the last time they went to the Etihad as well. So I reckon they're definitely going to score. And the man in form, Emil Forsberg, goal for him against Bruce. You mentioned Gladbach at the weekend from the penalty spot. So Emil Forsberg to score or assist. Uh, yeah, I, I quite like that. Emil Forsberg, beautiful player, beautiful man. Um, so Andy thinks he's going to score or assist. I think that Manchester City will win in 90 minutes. I think uh, I think they're just a lot better. No disrespect Fair. for RB Leipzig, but Manchester City are a very good football team. So we have Erling Haaland to, to have three or more shots on target. Mohamed Simikan to be shown a card. Emil Forsberg to score or assist. And Manchester City to win in 90 minutes. A £5 bet with Betfair on that popular bet builder returns £264. 35 pence and if we win all that money we'll go to Prostate Cancer UK we'll be back with another round of Betfair's popular bet builder later this week exclusive to Betfair Sportsbook T's and C's apply you've got to be over 18 and for more information on responsible gambling head to begambleaware.org but Forest of course is where um, most people will will know um, him from and they were in the second division. And bearing in mind, this, Clough has won the first division with Derby County. He's gone far in European competition. I know he's had a terrible time at Leeds, but again, there are no comparisons, really. Yeah. You know, to try and get your head around that. I mean, Clough called them a team on its last legs when he joined, but I mean, of course he would. Yeah. Within it's, five it, years, double European champions, back-to-back winners of the European Cup and so on. I'm trying to have a look <laughs> at what an equivalent would be. It would sort of be like West Brom winning the next two Champions Leagues. 
Like winning the league next year and then winning the Champions yeah. League two years after that. I know, yeah. again, it's the, there are no perfect comparisons here because the mm. standard between the first division and the second division was probably a lot closer. Yeah. But still, it, it, it's, it's it's absolutely magical. Well, it is, yeah. And 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 it is worth watching that documentary, you know, I believe, in Miracles uh, on, 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 on BT Sport because it, it, it you know it really does focus on, on his time at Nottingham Forest and what, what they did there. And the club, that's, you know... The club was shaped in his image. Then you know that that is his real dynasty is at, is at Forest, and it's and it's wonderful that that he has that and he has that affinity for or with that club. Obviously, he does a bit with Derby, but Forest are, are really the ones. And I mean, on their way to the nineteen seventy nine European Cup final win, they knocked out Liverpool, who had won it in seventy seven seventy eight. You know what a scout that is, and. He even beat Kevin Keegan's Hamburg in the final, 1-0, thanks to an own goal from Kevin... No, uh, to, to a, a, a John Robertson goal, who was another very important player for um, for, for, for Clough and, and so on. And he had his favourites, that's the thing, you know, that they knew what he was about. But I, I forget if it was McGovern or, or Robertson in that documentary said that when, he, when Clough wanted to bring him there, he knows he's... Clough, Clough is like, this guy's a crucial part. You know, we know this with, with managers, they want to sign certain players. Certain players, they fit into the system and they're, and they're going to be very important. And when he wanted to sign him, you know, he brings him into the room and he, and he, and he looks at him, puts the offer on the table and he just said, that's all you're getting. <laughs> and again, it shows you, Clough's like, do you want to play for me or not? This is not about money. But the fact is, you know, he knew that he would sign because you take a player who is not necessarily a world beater, who's a good player, don't get me wrong, you sign for Clough, you're going to win medals. I mean, Peter Shilton, you know, brought him mm-hmm. in. Um, and the first thing he said to Shilton when Shilton got called up for England or, or was, was you know, maybe became the number one for England, I, I forget which, what, what happened, but Shilton's status was massively elevated. And immediately Clough walks in the dressing room and said, nah, for me, you're not the number one in this country. So, you know, knocks him down that peg. Now, I think that... Doesn't need to do it, that. It doesn't need to do Doesn't it, need to know. do that. Although, subsequently, what we know about Peter Shield, maybe... Yeah. You know, <laughs> maybe he never forgot it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, I mean, after that... You can't that, even jump. What? What have you up? But after that second <laughs> European Cup, you know, he, he thought he needed to refresh the squad and, you know, he sold Shilton and Francis and Robertson and... And there was a lot of changes, but most importantly, Peter Taylor left and they barely spoke again. And Clough wrote bitter tabloid articles about about Taylor. And that was such a blow for for Clough. It was really complicated. So, I mean, this sounds absolutely crazy now, but Peter Taylor wrote a book Mm. called With Clough by Taylor about his time with Brian Clough while they were both at Forest. Mm. And he didn't mention to Clough that he was doing this. I don't know whether this is just indicative of the way that men didn't used to speak to each other mm. or what the hell the motivation was there. But, I mean, imagine if I did that about either of you. <laughs> but it's it's just, I don't know how, how it, it wouldn't Clough sell, was expected yeah. <laughs> to deal with that. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how that could feel like anything other than a sort of betrayal of, of sorts. Well, he thought it was a betrayal. And I think that's it. Loyalty was so crucial to Clough. But it's odd because, you know, he, he I suppose, yeah, he was loyal to some players, but he could totally throw them under the bus. Yeah. And that's the thing, What you going back to what you said about him being a stern father, there was that father figure, but at times, like, he almost abused that. You know, with, like, some of the things, you know, he said, I mean, we, we talk about his great quotes. Absolutely. Like, some of the finest quotes you'll ever hear from a football manager. And yeah, some of the other things that, that come out, especially in this day and age, but I mean, you'd argue in any age, but certainly in the modern era. Yeah. Like, very, quite problematic. Well, absolutely. And the, also, there's expecting loyalty, but 
that's not quite the same as expecting someone to make themselves completely subordinate to you. Yeah, but but yeah, I've, I've, we've gone off. Which back in the day was was actually a, the way people regarded loyalty, though. Mm. But I do have, you know, I do take the point. You know, like Peter Taylor, what was he? What was he doing? You know, writing that book, and then suddenly it comes out. He also then you he, can understand on that particular occasion, definitely. He he tough. then re- retired, didn't he? Yeah, from football. But then that same year ended up taking over at Derby County. So yes. Clough was like, "What on earth is going on here?" And then, so he, and then the he, rift between them was was pretty dramatic. And they played each other, didn't they? And then and, and 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 Taylor won. Clough did have success after those European Cup wins. I mean, there was consecutive League Cup victories in '89 and '90. Never won the FA Cup though. Obviously, in the final. It's in a strange anomaly, that isn't yeah, it? It is. Yeah, never won it. Um, and he finally left Nottingham Forest in 1993 after they finished bottom of uh, the inaugural Premier League. And it, it was it was quite sad, really, all things considered about Clough. What we would subsequently know about his personal life, and as I say, being a very complicated character, and and even physically, you know, you you could just see in his eyes yeah. the 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 well, the sadness really, and the bitterness. Mm. And and yeah, he 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 stayed too long really as Forest manager. Um, I mean, I can't understand why it was his club kind of thing. But uh, yeah, he but he's he's a legend there. You know, he's absolutely loved. I mean, we heard on our recent um, at the match episode of Nottingham Forest fans will still touch the Brian Clough statue for good luck on their way to the ground. That's they lovely. still love the you know the bring out the green jumpers and, yeah. and all that kind of thing. But as I say. Far, far, far from a perfect individual, you know. Absolutely, but an incredible manager. There's, there's no two ways about that. A lot of what he achieved at Forest is still so profound in this day and age yeah. that Forest fans can sing to Man City fans, "Champions of Europe." You'll never see that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah, there's something quite remarkable about that because yeah, yeah. you'd imagine the makeup of that of that um, mm. of that fan base. Uh, who go to the city ground or go to away games have all been forged from that great period in the club's history. And yeah. so to be back in the Premier League is to, you know, it's almost like if, if you think of, you know, time as, you know, as a linear piece of paper, you start folding it and, you, and, and you, you're able to touch that side a little bit, or certainly that little bit closer to it. Mm. Um, and it's a wonderful thing because it, it carries through generations, doesn't it? Because you tell your, you would tell your kids about the statue of that man that you always touch on the way, and why yeah. that's important. Why it's important to touch that. Mm. Why every now and again we're going to wear green jumpers to the game. <laughs> why we sing this song yeah. about the richest club mm. in the country. Like, mm. it's incredible, and it's a great. Um, you know, you feel like football's moving further away from history with each passing year. But um, you know, a team like Forest, and um, because of what. Clough did it, mm. it. It does, you know. If it, it grounds the game, doesn't it? Someone like Clough and his achievements. Yeah. And he, and his, you're absolutely right. And to end with this stat, which you know, it, it sounds like a dig at Forest. It really isn't. It shows you what what Clough did in the mid 2000s. Forest became the first European Cup winners to be relegated to, th- to the third tier of their domestic league pyramid. Again, like that, yeah, d- didn't seem outrageous at the time. Not likely to happen to Man United or Liverpool, was it? Exactly. Or Barcelona, AC Milan. Like you could well, I Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah. Well, let's, let's wait and see on that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you very much for, for joining us on another Football Ramble Guide too. Remember, there's a whole host of Ramble Guides you can listen back to from throughout the season and we want your ideas for what to talk about next. Email us, show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. 
with your suggestions. There we are. Thank you very much, chaps. Thank you, young man. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you very, very soon. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.